When my mum was a new mother, she was told to feed to a schedule. So she had a 6am feed and a 10am feed and a 2pm feed, so a four-hourly feed. And we know that in in the many years since my mum's been a mum, we won't let on how many years that is, the advice has changed to not follow a scheduled feeding pattern or routine, but that we should be responding to our baby's feeding cues. And baby's feeding cues may not be in a regular pattern, like at a set time. So they might show signs of wanting a feed within an hour that they've just fed. But those feeding cues really help the baby to give those cues to your body to build their supply. Welcome to Breastfeeding with ABA, a podcast brought to you by volunteers with the Australian Breastfeeding Association. Breastfeeding with ABA is a podcast about breastfeeding, made by parents for parents. In this episode, we'll be talking about signs of low supply, reasons for low supply, how to increase supply and where to get help if it's needed. We are recording this podcast in different parts of Australia. We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians on the land on which we are recording and which you are listening to this podcast. We pay our respects to elders, past, present and emerging, and to any Aboriginal people who are listening today. We also acknowledge that the Indigenous women of Australia have been living, working, birthing, breastfeeding and raising children successfully on this country for tens of thousands of years. In each episode, you will hear from different mums from around Australia. My name is Belinda Chambers, and I'm a volunteer breastfeeding counsellor with the Australian Breastfeeding Association and a mum. I'm speaking from Wadawurrung country. And I'm Jennifer Hurrell. I'm a volunteer breastfeeding counsellor and community educator with the Australian Breastfeeding Association and also an internationally board certified lactation consultant. I'm also a mum. I'm speaking from the land of the Jajarung people. When I was a new mum, I had concerns about my supply when my babies became really unsettled in the evening time. I'd worry whether I was making enough milk for the day and whether there was something happening with my supply was running out. I think the time I remember most worrying about my supply was when my baby, my second child, was born. She was very tiny. She was only 2.3 kilos a term and spent a week in the nursery. And within the first 24 hours, she was being offered my milk but also on a drip. The drip came out and the hospital staff just wanted me to suddenly start making more milk, which I wasn't able to suddenly do. And I got really stressed because they're like, if you don't make enough milk, we'll have to give her formula. And I I knew I'd breastfed before that I was probably going to be able to make enough for my baby. So I was hoping that wouldn't be necessary. And I got my partner to help me. We asked to speak to the paediatrician who was able to be very reassuring, reassure the staff and us that it would be all okay and arrange for her to be given a drip just to keep her fluids up while my milk came in and it was in by the next day. So, Jennifer, we're talking today about low supply. Many mums have worries about their breast milk supply. So what does low supply mean? So low supply is generally um, a situation where for some reason a mum mum's breast milk supply is not sufficient to meet the growing needs of her baby. So perhaps the baby may be growing a bit more slowly or there may be issues with the baby not growing or actually losing weight. In most instances, low supply is something that can be addressed. So there may be things that can be changed for mum. There may be some issues going on with baby that can be addressed to actually improve the situation so that mum and baby are feeding well, supply will grow and meet that baby's needs. There are a small percentage of mums. Their supply may never fully meet their baby's needs. However, 
for the vast majority of mums with the right support and some intervention from health professionals all by mum, supply will grow to meet her baby's needs. So the amount of milk that we remove from our breasts is the amount of milk that our body makes. That's how our milk supply works. So if we feed our baby directly at the breast or we express the milk via pump or by hand, that's removing milk and that gives our body the cue to make more milk. So when I talk to mums on the National Breastfeeding Helpline, many are concerned about their baby's weight or that the babies may be hungry. One of the major reasons many women stop breastfeeding is that they feel they don't have enough milk to nourish their baby. So what are some signs of a good supply of breast milk or that baby's getting enough milk? Yeah, it's a great question. I think one of the big things to to be aware of is that Oftentimes when a mum's asking that question, they're concerned and with the right information, they can be reassured. For most families, a good supply, the best signs are that a baby's doing plenty of wet nappies. At least six wet cloth nappies or at least five wet disposable nappies. A baby in the first few weeks of life is frequently pooing. At least three poos a day for young babies. So passing lots of poo is a good sign. A baby that is alert and bright and, and has some happy times. Just because a baby's crying doesn't mean they're not getting enough milk. When a baby cries, sometimes it just means they need a cuddle. Or they may want to breastfeed, but it may be about more than just food. The other signs of good supply is that a baby is gaining weight. So if a baby is growing and putting on a reasonable amount of weight as they continue to grow and growing in length and their head circumference is growing, they're all really reassuring signs. And before seeing a health professional, sometimes families may notice the nappies aren't are starting to get a bit tighter and they're having to adjust them when they're putting their nappies on their baby because their baby's thighs are getting bigger. Or their baby is growing and their baby grow suits or their baby clothing is starting to get a bit firmer or they have to move up a size in clothing. All of those are really great signs that baby's actually getting good milk. I found that really reassuring with my little babies that as they grew through the the different sizes of their clothing, it felt like mm. I was I was constantly having to empty out the drawers and, and put the new lot of clothing yeah. to as they were growing. When my daughter was really tiny, she didn't fit. We used cloth nappies and she didn't fit any of them. She was too small. So we had somebody make us up some nappies that were about the size of a cloth napkin you might use in the um, when you're in a restaurant quite small and at six weeks she graduated to normal nappies and it was so exciting because she'd actually grown enough that she'd be able to use normal newborn nappies it was very exciting with poo in the early weeks we'd sort of expect to see frequent poos but that changes around the six-week mark that babies can go from having frequent poos to perhaps pooing once a day or once every couple of days it is normal the range of normal for them to poo once every sort of week when a baby who's been pooing regularly may be moving into that pattern of pooing a bit less often, and that is not an uncommon pattern for babies, that happens slowly. So a baby might poo, go from pooing three times a day to once or twice a day, then once a day, then maybe once every couple of days and stretching out. So a baby who suddenly starts pooing once a week is pretty rare. Most babies do it gradually over time. But a warning, if your baby does do that, and unfortunately for me, Fortunately as well, but unfortunately both my children did. When they do poo, it's definitely a poonami. I used to pull over to the side of the road and let them poo on like the picnic rug with blankets everywhere so they didn't poo it all inside their car seat because that's messy. It, it maintains that softness and that that sort of almost like a yogurty scent and uh, you know yellow and, and quite, quite easy to pass. If there's no signs of firm stool, that's not a good sign. We're not looking for that in a little one there poos when they're breastfed are really still quite soft. Some reasons that mums might be concerned about their supply if their baby does not return to birth weight within sort of two to three weeks mm -hmm. of birth. 
baby's not putting on sufficient amount of weight and the baby's not growing in other ways. So, so we, we look at the whole picture of weight and growth together, not just the scale weight. Mm, that's right, Belinda. So I think those are those are definitely markers that other people, health professionals, will be concerned with mums as well. Sometimes it's worth having a conversation about a plan with those health professionals that is proactive. So if a little one isn't growing, my big suggestion is to get on the front foot quite quickly to get some additional support to keep breastfeeding going and improve breast milk supply. Helping a baby grow is really important and often somebody will suggest some supplement of the baby and that may need to happen but mum also needs help to boost her supply so that the supplements are used for short, as short a period of time as possible. So what are some reasons for low supply? There are a number of reasons why a mum may have low supply and you're right there are some that are primarily about what's going on for mum and some that are mainly about what's going on for baby and sometimes it's a combination of the two. One of the common things I hear is people say is never to wake a sleepy baby and that doesn't apply when a baby's not 100%. A sleepy baby may not wake when they're hungry they may end up sleeping a bit longer than they should then that can lead to them not feeding often enough to stimulate and dial up mum's milk supply. That's probably the reason why some hospitals will suggest to families to feed fairly frequently and to wake babies in the early days. The other thing which is really common is bad attachment. So if a baby's hurting mum during feeding, baby's causing some pain or discomfort for mum during feeding, pinching the nipple, that is going to impact milk supply. Whenever a baby's pinching the nipple, the nipple's coming out looking a bit creased or pinched, that baby's actually pinching off some of the milk ducts and that's actually going to delay or slow down the transfer of milk. So pain for mum often also means not great feeding for baby. Lots of mums will say, I'll oh, just put up with the pain, you know, he's on, at least he's on. My tip to mums is if it's hurting you, it's actually not very efficient feeding for your baby as well. So getting help to fix attachment can be really important to ensuring mum's making enough milk. Are there other things that might be happening with a mum that might impact? What about hormones? In the early days, one of the most common is that if a mum has got retained placenta from the birth or she's had a hemorrhage, that can affect milk supply. And so it is really important for a mum whose supply is perhaps not quite right to see a health professional to make sure that, yes, that all of the placenta has been delivered. The placenta actually makes hormones to help sustain the pregnancy. And in part, the hormones being produced by the placenta actually suppress milk supply. So if not all of the placenta has been born or delivered, the milk supply can be low. It's possible that mum may have lost enough blood that her body is struggling to make sufficient milk. And so addressing her body's need for iron and for blood cells sometimes is necessary to make sure that mum's going to make sufficient milk. The other things which do occur sometimes is that there are a small percentage of mums who may have thyroid issues and a mum with thyroid problems can sometimes have trouble making milk. Certainly not true of all mums and if a mum's got a thyroid issue that's being well managed and is being overseen by her health professionals, it shouldn't be a problem. But sometimes these issues pop up in lactation or may not have been picked up and it's worth having that checked by a health professional. The other thing that we, many mums will have heard, mums with polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS, may have heard that that can affect their milk supply. There is a small percentage of mums who have polycystic ovarian syndrome who do struggle sometimes with making enough milk, but the vast majority of mums with PCOS will be able to make sufficient milk for their baby. The reality is that as long as you're following your baby's lead and feeding really frequently, Breasts can often make sufficient milk 
just with the right amount of support and the right amount of stimulation. Some mums may have heard of a friend or family member who's been diagnosed with IGT or insufficient glandular tissue. This is a situation that can occur where a mum's body hasn't made sufficient milk-making tissue in the breasts to meet all of the baby's needs. Generally, this is something that's diagnosed after all of the other strategies have been tried to boost a mum's milk supply. If you've got concerns during pregnancy or maybe you have a medical diagnosis of insufficient glandular tissue, make sure you get help early, get some support and put a plan in place. You're listening to Breastfeeding with ABA. I'm Heather Miller and I'm a volunteer breastfeeding community educator with the Australian Breastfeeding Association. I'm passionate about providing breastfeeding education and information to the community and that's why the ABA website's live chat service is perfect for me. During a typical shift, we may refer users to pages on our website, assist them with questions they may have about breastfeeding or provide details of their local ABA group or breast pump hire service. We take chats from people all over Australia, but it's generally mothers. Many expect an automated service, only to find they are chatting with a real person. So the questions asked vary, but often include, is their baby getting enough breast milk, managing engorgement, block ducts and mastitis, expressing and storing breast milk, fussy or unsettled babies and mothers returning to work. I just love it when I've been able to assist a mum with the information she needs, leaving her feeling more confident and reassured, no matter how big or small her question. Our website live chat is open for two hours each weeknight and some weekdays. To check availabilities or use the live chat service, visit breastfeeding.asn.au. The Australian Breastfeeding Association receives funding from the Australian Government. When my mum was a new mother, she was told to feed to a schedule. So she had a 6am feed and a 10am feed and a 2pm feed, so a four-hourly feed. And we know that in in the many years since my mum's been a mum, we won't let on how many years that is, the advice has changed to not follow a scheduled feeding pattern or routine, but that we should be responding to our baby's feeding cues. And baby's feeding cues may not be in a regular pattern, like at a set time. So they might show signs of wanting a feed within an hour that they've just fed. But those feeding cues really help the baby to give those cues to your body to build their supply. And it's a bit like sometimes I might have a small breakfast and a larger morning snack and a really big lunch, depending on how I'm feeling on the day, that impacts the rhythm. I think you're absolutely right. The other thing is that every mother's body is different. Some mums may find their babies naturally feed every three to four hours and other mums might find their baby naturally feeds every one and a half to two hours. Everybody's body is a bit different and no sort of pre-written schedules, no. Some mums need to feed 12 to 15 times a day to ensure that their bodies are being well stimulated to make enough for their babies. They are mums whose body responds to being super full by turning their supply down quite quickly. And there are other mums who are able to feed less often and still make enough milk. It's not about bra size either, ladies. It is just very independent of even the visual look of a breast as to what a body's capable of. So following a schedule can risk not emptying the breasts often enough for an individual mum and not ensuring that the breasts are being um, stimulated frequently enough to actually make enough milk. We know that on average, babies need to feed around eight to 12 times a day to really get sufficient milk in. And a baby who's being fed, for example, every four hours in the early weeks, that's only six times a day 
for the vast majority of mums, that will not be sufficient stimulation to ensure a good milk supply. And if mums respond to their baby's feeding cues, that will help support their supply. That's right. And I think one of the the most important things to think about is that when we're responding to our babies and meeting their needs, they sometimes know better what they actually need for their growth than we can guess. And as long as they're alert and they're actively feeding, they will be able to drive up supply and, and meet their needs. So when we talk about feeding cues, we are talking about things like babies starting to open and close their mouth. They might put their fists or their hands up to their mouth and and start to seek something in their mouth. They might turn their head from side to side. And if somebody's giving them a cuddle or mum's giving them a cuddle, they might start to root around and look for the breast and bob their head around. (laughs) They're the type of things where babies sort of looking for that oral sensation of having something in their mouth. And if you're finding this all a bit hard to picture, there's a link in our show notes where you can look at some photos and videos on our website. If a baby does have a tongue tie, that can affect attachment. And as we said before, bad attachment, pinching of the breast can actually affect the drainage of the breast and that can affect milk supply in the longer term. So a baby who does have an an anatomical issue like a tongue tie, which may need treatment, and that's where it's important to see somebody like an internationally board certified lactation consultant to thoroughly assess breastfeeding and work out whether or not there's an issue that may need to be addressed regarding issues like a tongue tie can make such a huge difference to ensuring that mums are able to make enough milk. When I counsel mums about their breastfeeding, they often have concerns when their baby is crying in the evening and seems really hungry and worry that they've lost their supply and and wonder whether they need to give them a top up of some formula. Early evening or late night cluster feeding or fussiness and not really wanting to be put down is a normal baby behaviour and it doesn't always mean that baby is hungry. Babies who are cluster feeding or fussy might just need some of mum's attention or another family member's. There are also some theories that frequent feeding in the evening is helping to boost the signals to your body to make more milk overnight when some of the milk-making hormones are higher. And if you do have concerns during a cluster feeding time or a fussy evening time that something might be wrong, it's a good strategy to sort of take little bit of stop take of all the signs that baby's getting enough milk so what's their nappies been like over the the last 24 hours Uh, have they had some periods of contentedness over that 24-hour period you know how have they been going with filling out those grow suits and growing in length and head circumference and are they putting on some weight over time so Going back to that list of things that we can check if they're getting enough milk and look at the past day or the last couple of days. Another one to check is if they're well. So, you know, is baby well? Because when I'm sick, I feel a bit fussy and a bit whingy and really want some comfort from from the members of my household. So if baby's sick, they can also be a little bit more fussy at night and it doesn't necessarily mean that they're hungry or you've lost your supply. Mm. Lots of mums have concern when that their supply might have dropped when their breasts turn soft or become softer and stop becoming quite so engorged, which happens after the first few weeks. It's a really common reason for mums to reach out saying, I think there's something wrong with my supply. And often we go back to the basics, don't we, really, of checking in that baby's doing regular wet nappies and pooing regularly and they're growing. Milk production stabilises within the first month of lactation. So mums may not have that sense. Prior to this time, I would 
you know, check my breasts and touch each of them and go, oh, that's the one I need to feed on. And around this market, it was like, I can't tell which one I need to feed on. And the truth is it probably didn't matter. My little ones sometimes only fed one breast at a time, but if I managed to pick the wrong one, I just ended up lopsided and I certainly knew I'd fed lopsided by the next feed. But generally, breasts do become softer. They, they stop becoming quite so engorged. They may even not leak milk as much for mums who do have leaky breasts around this month mark. And all it is is a sign that your breasts are becoming really efficient at feeding. Because when we're new mums, the breastfeeding, we've never breastfed before. This is a whole new experience for our bodies and our breasts as well. So they often respond with the engorgement and the leaking when they, as they're getting used to it. So, so when your breasts do stop getting that engorgement and they are a bit softer, it's your body's finally worked out what's going on. So it can be a good sign as well. What about nighttime waking, Jennifer? Some mums worry when their babies start to wake more in the evening around the, you know, it could be four months, could be around six months, that that could be of concern with their supply. Yeah, I think one of the big things is babies' sleep is so changeable. So some babies may never sleep very well overnight until they're you know, 10 or 12 months of age. And some babies will develop a pattern of sleeping in quite good blocks overnight by, you know, by, you know, three months. What typically happens is for a lot of families is their babies may start waking again. There seems to be probably a development change. So it isn't about milk supply. It's just about where our babies are at and what stage they're at in their life that they're starting to stir a little bit more often. Babies may need milk at this time of night. They're growing quite rapidly. Their brain is still developing. And often around this time, they're starting to crawl, rolling over, maybe starting to explore, using up more energy than they were at three months when they were probably still sitting on their back, kicking the toys. So perhaps their needs have increased, but it's not a sign of low supply in a mum whose baby's grown well. It's just a sign that the baby's needs have changed. So if a mum does have a concern that perhaps her supply isn't sufficient for her baby, is wanting to do something to actually boost her supply, one of the best things to do is to feed more frequently. More frequent feeding means more milk. It's really important that that frequent feeding includes a baby who's well attached to the breast with a nice good mouthful of breast, no compression of the nipple so that the milk is flowing well, that baby is alert and actively feeding for a period of time, and that if they're falling asleep, perhaps offering a second breast, so going from the left to the right, you can even go left and right again and offer up to four breasts in a feed to really boost the stimulation, the drainage of the breast, and therefore, over time, milk volume. Feeding baby more frequently can be really useful. And for some mums, I reckon the best way is to give yourself permission to camp out, do some streaming of a TV show and just feed and feed and feed. Look, if a mum has older children as well, this might be a time to leave the mess for a little while to put out some extra toys if they're old enough to call on the support of a partner, family member or friend, um, to come and entertain the older children. If mums do have concerns that they need some more help and some support, where would they go? I think one of the best things a mum can do is to speak to a trusted health professional. That might be their child health nurse, their GP, perhaps the midwife, or the hospital where they gave birth, just to get some support around assessing them and their baby. And they can call the National Breastfeeding Helpline too. It's there 24 hours a day. I regularly use this as a brand new mum and found them so helpful and knowledgeable and kind. And they were there at two o'clock in the morning when I really needed them. I have to say the support I got from calling a breastfeeding counsellor via the helpline when I was in the early days was so useful. It made such a difference to me feeling confident as a mum. And there's also live chat service on the Australian Breastfeeding Association website where mums can get breastfeeding information and support. 
The other thing to be aware of is that if a mum does have a recognised low supply, it could be really beneficial to see a lactation consultant. That's somebody who's an internationally board certified lactation consultant who's completed their exams, is highly skilled in assessing breastfeeding and helping to work out what aspects of the situation may be related to mum, to baby, to the pattern that's going on in the feeding journey and helping that family find a pathway to successfully breastfeeding and meeting their breastfeeding goals. ABA has also has a really good information article on supply, which you can search for at breastfeeding.asn.au, as well as our booklet on supply on the ABA online shop, which is shop.breastfeeding.asn.au. It's available for electronic download, or you can order a print copy of the booklet. Following the first few weeks after birth, for most mums, breast milk supply matches the amount of milk removed. Breast milk production is a process that's actually really robust. With the right support and the right information, your body will be able to meet your baby's needs in most instances, just as it's designed to do. But if you're worried, seek help. Mums can get help from trusted health professionals if they have concerns. Thanks for the chat today, Jennifer. My pleasure. For more on this topic, you can go to the Australian Breastfeeding Association's website at breastfeeding.asn.au and check out the show notes for a link to this episode's blog post, which contains further links and information. To speak to a breastfeeding counsellor, call the National Breastfeeding Helpline on 1800 686 268. Or you can use live chat, available via our website, breastfeeding.asn.au. Find your local ABA group by visiting our website, where you can also find lots of breastfeeding information and a link to join the association as a member. You also might like to join our Facebook group to continue the conversation. Just search for Breastfeeding with ABA. Make sure you answer the joining questions so we can add you quickly. Word about sponsorship and advertising. In each episode, you will hear about other ABA services and products that we think could help families. We are a not-for-profit member organisation. We're a charity and we need to look for sources of income to support our activities. So you may also hear about non-ABA products or services that we have chosen carefully because they are consistent with our goals and aims. You can feel reassured that advertising on our platforms will always be compliant with the World Health Organisation code on the marketing in this area. We want this podcast to be a resource that any new parent can find and come back to because these issues are timeless. Do you like what you've heard? Please rate, review and subscribe to Breastfeeding with ABA. We would love it if you would share this podcast on our website with your friends and family so that other families can use this information and find support too. Thank you for listening.